Hi everyone, this is Try Your Best, the podcast about improving your life just by trying your best in all things. Um, Long time no podcast. I hope it was worth the wait. So the last time I talked with you guys was in January, early January. Um, Since then I haven't been feeling too great and um, some sad things happened in my life so I wanted to take a break and instead of diving into it um, I wanted to move forward with uh, my next podcast episode and continue with that idea and share it with you and have an uplifting episode um, that will be good for you and me. So since we've talked uh, we've got a new president, President Joe Biden. Yay Joe. He loves ice cream. I love ice cream. We'd be best friends. Um, Jill Biden is our first lady, and she's a doctor, and she knows all about education. Oh my gosh, that's going to be amazing. Kamala Harris in the house. <laughs> that's so dorky. I'm sorry. Kamala is the first female vice president, and she's black and Indian. She's Blandian. This is great. And then we've got a first gentleman for the first time, and his name is Doug. This is wonderful. There's also dogs in the White House again. There's two of them. They're cuties. You know, let's all hope for the best. Um, Coronavirus is still hanging around, just being a jerk. There's some new variants, so be careful. Make sure you're wearing a mask when you go out. If you need to go out, um, double mask if possible. Double masking is wearing a three-layer mask and then your cloth or whatever mask in front of it. Or, I mean, I'd say just two masks. Two strong, thick masks um, because that will protect you from anything that could harm you and protect others from anything you could give them. Um, The vaccine is being distributed to um, the top tier folks, uh, first responders, people over the age of 65, and caregivers of people over the age of 65. And I think there's one more group I'm missing. Um, I was able to finally get my parents on a list um, with appointments for the vaccine. So I was so ecstatic. Um, And then my dad, of course, one-upped me and got uh, a better appointment with a care provider that he is with. Um, And not a special one, but just um, he's a veteran, so he got it through the VA. So he was able to cancel his spot with the health department and someone else got that and he's going to the VA where he feels comfortable and where he'll get additional vaccines for other illnesses that he could be prone to. Um, so, you know, you're never too old to be one-upped by your dad, but I am so thankful. Um, it's a huge relief. I cannot wait until we can get more people vaccinated. If you need help and want to find areas for vaccinations, um, 
just message me, let me know, and I will help you out. Um, right now in Georgia, I know Walmart is doing vaccinations. In certain states, CVS is. The um, Board of Health is where you should go to first for information. But lots of these retailers are getting the vaccine. So um, just stay um, informed and, you know, talk to your primary healthcare physician and ask them for guidance. Um, some of your other physicians or specialists might have a list. Um, they might be able to get the vaccine and have a list for you to sign up with. Um, but just stay in the know, abreast and informed of all the information. And if you need help, I am here. I'm here. I'm not doing anything. I'm just you know, making sure my parents are being good, hanging out with my boyfriend and other things I'll tell you about later. So this episode is the long-awaited book report episode. And um, it's got a special twist because we are in Black History Month. This is the month where you get a wealth of knowledge and programming and content about historical black figures, important black figures, and just people we should know about. For all of history, when we've grown up and learned about our country, we haven't gotten enough of black education. We haven't learned enough about other cultures. Um, we haven't learned enough about anything, really. So... It's really great that we have the month of February to get little doses, because it is honestly very small doses of knowledge about black people, which is wild because they're a prominent group in our society. So um, I want to talk about my favorite books by black writers, and um, I hope you'll love them. And um, so... They're going to be my favorites, and they're going to be some recommendations and, like, hot takes. So, maybe not all favorites, but um, I'm going to tell you what I think about them. And hopefully, they will influence you, um, or I will influence you, to read these books. The first book I'm going to talk about is called So You Want to Talk About Race by Ijeoma Aluo. Her name is spelled I-J-E-O-M-A, and her last name is spelled O-L-U-O. She is a Nigerian-American writer. She is the author of So You Want to Talk About Race and a new book I'll mention later. She has written for tons of publications like The Guardian, Jezebel, The Stranger, Medium, and um, The Establishment where she's editor-at-large. Um, she is an amazing human being. She's mixed race. She's Caucasian and um, black. And um, her book, So You Want to Talk About Race, is amazing. Um, it's not just for people who need a little education or need help, um, communicating the right thing when talking about race. It's for everyone. You can say, oh, I grew up in the South. I know all about racism. Oh, I'm this, that, or 
the other I know all about racism. Um, this book was amazing. She talked about each little piece and, you know, her being mixed race didn't come up a ton. Um, well, it came up a little when she talked about her mother being Caucasian and um, her relationship with her mother. And um, there's a great turning point in one of their conversations. So um, you'll get that if you read the book. But um, it was amazing and it was super helpful. Um, she talks about cultural appropriation, which is a big deal. Um, she talked about um, just every topic. Um, it's not like a super comprehensive guide. Like this is what you need to know from A to Z. It is chunks of information on super important things you need to know and what will give you enough information that you can continue your education on. And I think instead of, um, like lots of people read white, white Fragility and things like that. I think this is a better book. Um, and you know what? Mainly because it's not a white person telling me to read it. <laughs> that might sound funny, but I heard a lot of things from leadership after there were more talks about diversity and leadership saying, we should read White Fragility. It's like, okay, but, you know, maybe learn about race and racism and how to communicate with people and how to be a better human. Um, lots of people this year who have been quote unquote canceled for um, racist comments are now taking classes on race. There are classes that people, grown adults, need to take to not be racist. So this book is a guide on how to properly and effectively talk about race and not just about um, not being racist. The National Review of Books says, this book is much needed and timely. It is more than a primer on racism. It is a comprehensive conversation guide. Um, Chicago Now says, it would be a disservice to try to teach you everything that I learned from this book. In reality, it's likely something that requires reading, then reading again and again. And, you know, that's exactly how I feel. I cannot teach you or tell you everything I learned in this book. It just instills um, more of an awareness, um, more understanding about some of the terms we've heard so many times, um, and just gives you a firsthand uh, point of view about it, but then also more of um, a communicator's guide and a um, like scholarly guide, honestly. Um, so I highly recommend, so you want to talk about race to everyone, um, Igeoma also has a new book coming out. It is called Mediocre, The Dangerous Legacy of White Male America. Now, this one's a doozy. Um, it says that it investigates the real costs of this phenomenon in order to imagine a new white male identity, one free from racism and sexism, as provocative as it is essential. This book will upend everything you thought you knew about American identity 
and offers a bold new vision of American greatness. And from reading Ijeoma's um, last book, I think this one is going to be phenomenal. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's long overdue, honestly. If you look at the heads of companies, they are white males. If you look at lots of your bosses, they are white males. If you look at elected officials, they are white males. So I think if we just look at um, or just read the book, we'll see how awesome it is. And hopefully it's good as, so you want to talk about race. I'll talk to you about Mediocre in a future episode. The next book I want to tell you about is a memoir. It's by Saeed Jones, and it's called How We Fight for Our Lives. Um, I thought this would be the best next book to talk about. Um, and also, you spell Saeed's name S-A-E-E-D. That's his first name, and his last name is Jones. J-O-N-E-S. Um, I thought this was a good uh, next book to talk about because Saeed talks about his life um, growing up and um, just figuring out things about himself um, and then also writes about historical stories and atrocities that have happened to black men and people in this country. Um, I read this uh, months and months ago. It was amazing. And um, you learn about Saeed's life, um, how he was raised by a single mother, how his mother was amazing and just took such good care of him. She was Buddhist, so you learn about that part of their culture. Her family was Southern, and they you know, we're not too cool about her being Buddhist. Um, and then you learn about, you know, Saeed, little Saeed learning um, and understanding that he's a little bit different. He realizes he is gay as a young kid. And then you see him grow up, go to college, have adventures. Um, there is some sexy times in this book. It was fine. Um, it tells the story of his life. Uh, site is amazing. If you follow him on Twitter, you will be delighted. He is known for being an American writer and poet. He has great one-liners on Twitter, and that's where I discovered him um, during the pandemic. He's been such a treat. Um, he adopted this wonderful little dog. I think it's a Chiweenie, or maybe just a weenie, and uh, that dog can throw some shade. One look, you're like, oh, what did I do wrong? I talk about his dog like I know his dog, but I feel like I do. So definitely read How We Fight for Our Lives. Um, it is just a wonderful story about a young man growing up in our country, being a little different, and um, having all kinds of different facets of his life that make him this awesome person that he is today. And uh, he's just a treat. And yeah, I, I really love that book. Um, it touched my heart. 
it made me cry, um, and, oh, and his dog is named Caesar, so look out for Caesar. My next book is a little different, so you might have heard of her, you know, she's big in TV and other things, her name is Shonda Rhimes. I don't need to spell her name, she's amazing, she created the hits Grey's Anatomy, um, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. She just had a big hit with Bridgerton. And I haven't watched Bridgerton, by the way, but um, maybe I will. And I'll talk to you about it. Um, she wrote The Year of Yes, and I love that book. Um, I love the book because she talks about her industry. She talks about writing. She talks about having to work hard. But she also talks about how in this year she made the shift to be more open to not just say yes to everything, but be more open, um, change her kind of routines instead of declining certain like dinner parties or events. She just said yes and went with it and her life was better for it. Um, here are a couple quotes from the book. There is no list of rules. There is one rule. The rule is there are no rules. Happiness comes from living as you need to as you want to, as your inner voice tells you to. Happiness comes from being who you actually are instead of who you think you're supposed to be. Being traditional is not traditional anymore. It's funny that we still think of it that way. Normalize your lives, people. You don't want a baby? Don't have one. I don't want to get married? I won't. You, won't, you want to live alone? Enjoy it. You want to love someone? Love someone. Don't apologize. Don't explain. Don't ever feel less than. When you feel the need to apologize or explain who you are, it means the voice in your head is telling you the wrong story. Wipe the slate clean and rewrite it. No fairy tales. Be your own narrator and go for a happy ending. One foot in front of the other. You will make it. Dreams are lovely, but they are just dreams. Fleeting, ephemeral. Pretty, but dreams do not come true. Just because you dream them. It's hard work that makes things happen. It's hard work that creates change. I really love this book because it's interesting when someone who seems to have it all or seems to have everything put together um, decides to make a change in their life and decides to open up and talk to you about it. Um, Shonda has been incredibly successful, but she still had some setbacks, um, even recently, and she made changes and made the shift to make content for Netflix, which is awesome for her. I think looking at her life and how non-traditional it is, like she's not married. She has three kids that she absolutely loves and she um, talks uh, so highly about her kids' caretaker. I don't want to say nanny because... I mean, she might say nanny, but um, they help her take care of her kids and take care of herself, honestly. Um, so her life is not like ours. Um, she is privileged or more privileged than the others. But um, she talked about making changes in her life and how she wanted to make it better. And that's what we all want, right? So my next pick is 
three books, and they are by the amazing and charming Samantha Irby. So Samantha Irby is a comedian, an author, and a blogger. Um, her blog is called Bitches Gotta Eat, and um, you can also follow her on social by that same name, Bitches Gotta Eat. She is hilarious, and she has three books that are um, essays about her life. Um, they're about her growing up, um, her life as an, as an adult, a dysfunctional adult, um, her parents and some hardships um, that she met along the way due to her parents' um, illnesses. Her mother had MS and her dad um, suffered from alcoholism um, in her own illness. Um, but she's hilarious and she makes everything relevant and funny and even when it's weird and maybe a little gross it's still hilarious and she's just the best so her first book is called meaty m-e-a-t-y and it is so great it even has recipes in it um but it's just so funny and it's um about her childhood and um there's some sad bits about her mother um and then some things about her life um, as it was in uh, like 2013-ish. Um, and then the next book she wrote was We Are Never Meeting in Real Life. And that's actually the first book I read of hers. And I got hooked. Um, and it's so good. It has less recipes than the others. But um, it's fine. She talks about her cat, Helen Keller. And uh, you'll find out how her cat got that name. It's pretty great. Um, and uh, her life and how it is evolving. And then in her final book, well, not her final book, but her newest book, Wow, No Thank You, you um, hear about her current life, um, more recipes, which is fantastic, and um, being a real adult, um, which is weird to say. Uh, I, I mean... Well, it's weird unless you feel like you're not a real adult, even though you're in your 30s or 40s. It's so strange, like, when you're a child and you look up to humans just taking care of themselves, and then you're one of those humans, and you're like, how do I take care of myself? Um, so, if you feel like that, read Samantha Irby's books, because she is fantastic. Um, she's hilarious. Uh, she is a college dropout. And you gotta love those guys. Uh, she writes for all kinds of things. Um, she's written for Tuca and Birdie. She wrote for the Hulu show Shrill. And um, she is just a treasure. And that's why I wanted to talk about her and her three books. Because they're just a delight. I totally forgot to mention, yes, um, Samantha does talk about race in her books. Um, she grew up in a predominantly Caucasian neighborhood. She was one of the only black kids in her class or school, I believe. And, um, she talks about what it is like to be black and, um, be black in dating and be black and dealing with your hair. And, um, I shouldn't say dealing, but, um, properly styling and, just growing up in general and you know you do get those little bits of how her experience was different um 
but you do feel like you can relate to a lot of what she goes through as a kid and as an adult. Um, like I said, being an adult, it's hard. Um, but she also has other things like, um, some of her hardships with her family and with her health that, um, we may or may not relate to. And I think that's also why I love her. She's just wonderful. The next book I want to talk to you about is, um, really the only fiction book I'm gonna talk about in this episode. Um, as you know, I love memoirs. I love true stories and, um, I rarely read fiction anymore. So this was kind of a treat and uh, kind of an escape. Um, this book is all the rage right now. It's called The Vanishing Half and it's by Britt Bennett. And I know lots of people who love this book and I liked it for the most part. I loved a lot of the story. I just felt like sometimes with like movies or other books, there just gets to be a bit too much that muddies the story and it could have been trimmed down to focus on more the heart of the story and I wanted more of that. But um, now that I'm looking at the author's bio and seeing that um, the author Britt Bennett is only like 30 or 31, um, disappointed in myself because... She's amazing, and she wrote this fantastic book. So the premise of The Vanishing Half is there are two twin sisters, and one of them just vanishes, and uh, they don't know where she went. The interesting parts of the story are that the sisters are from a town called Mallard, where lots of light-skinned black people live. They are all light-skinned, because they all marry light-skinned people, have children with light-skinned people, and they make sure their town is very light. The um, sisters, again, are twins. Um, they run away, and after they run away, one of them just splits off from the other one, and she starts passing as a white person, a white woman, and she lives her life far away from Mallard, and her old life. Um, the other sister, she um, does go off on her own for a bit, but then she comes back to Mallard. And it's about these sisters and their lives and how they're so different. And it's a lot about ra racism and racism within one's old, own culture. There's also um, a bit of it about mothers and daughters and their relationships with the multiple generations in the book. Um, it's really sweet and uh, parts of it did make me really sad and just, you know, if my sister was ever away from me and I knew, like, didn't know anything about where she was, like, it would kill me. So I just wanted more of their stories or maybe I just wanted something different out of it. But um, it was a very good book. And I wanted to talk about it because everyone's talking about it, I feel like. And um, I will say it did take me some time to realize that the art on the book is basically two sisters. 
I just thought it was shapes and colors. I don't know. It took me too long to figure that out. Artwork and symbolism aside, um, if I were to find a common theme in the book, it would be acceptance, really accepting yourself, accepting the people around you, um, accepting who you are and where you came from and who you are inside. And yeah, because if you don't accept yourself, part of you vanishes. So the last book I'm going to talk to you about is my favorite. It's beyond amazing. Um, I think I've mentioned it in a couple podcasts uh, or podcast episodes, and uh, it's the best. It is Michelle Obama's Becoming, and um, I love this book because it talks about how Michelle Obama grew up in the south side of Chicago, um, how her mom advocated for her education, and how she always strived to succeed and be the best she could be. Um, It talks about friends that made a mark on her life, her experience at Princeton, how she met Barack, um, even struggles with fertility. And then, of course, when we know her, um, navigating political mudslinging and being the better, better, uh, well, yeah, and bigger person all the time. And her life in the White House, um, it is an amazing book. If you haven't read it, read it. If you have read it and haven't listened to it, you have to listen to it. Like, listening to Michelle tell her own story is so worth it. It makes it so much better. If you have not seen the documentary that's on Netflix, watch it. I have not watched it. Um, I don't know why, but um, I need to. The book just, it talks about family. It talks about how... um, her, like, um, her main part of her family lived in, all in the same house, kind of like a duplex, but not, and how she grew up in a nurtured environment, and, um, how they had to struggle, which is like many American families, but hers was definitely different, um, how she navigated school, and college and her jobs afterwards and how she left a high paying law gig for working for the community and how she's always been a proponent for her community and for people. She's just a brilliant person and I think sometimes the wives of political figures or just wives in general don't get the clout and uh, praise they deserve. I mean, Michelle Obama, of course, everyone loves her. Um, But you got to know her. And this book is an amazing way to know her and to learn a little bit about yourself and what you can do if you just try your best. So those were five authors and some books that um, I enjoyed and wanted to tell you about um, for Black History Month. I did see today The Skim, 
has a list. It's called 16 Essential Books to Read This Black History Month. Um, some of the books are The Three Mothers, How the Mothers of Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, and James Baldwin's Shaped Nation by Anna Malika Tubbs, um, 400 Souls, A Community History of African America, 1619 to 2019, edited by Ibram X. Kendi and Keisha N. Blaine. Um, it also has a classic, um, Their Eyes Were Watching God. I read that, I think, either in high school or college. Um, it's by Zora Neale Hurston. I think I need to read it again because at that age I might not have appreciated it as much as I will now. Um, she's also, of course, she. Um, they also, of course, have Beloved by Toni Morrison. Um, it's a classic, so add that to, to your list if you want. Um, my friend Jennifer, who did help me try and figure out how I wanted to frame this um, episode, she um, gave me some advice. Uh, I didn't take it, and I kind of changed what I was going to do, um, just based on timing and things. She has a blog. It's called Lit Loving Mom. That's L-I-T-L-O-V-I-N-G-M-O-M.com. And her headline is, I read, I mother, I write, I pray. And she's got, um, in her last post, it's a bit of an old, po old post, but she's got some good books here. Um, and she's got Such a Fun Age by R Kylie Reed. And she says, if you want to learn about racism through fiction, this is a quick read with a fab story that will leave you thinking. So I definitely recommend um, Jennifer's blog, Lit Loving Mom, if you want to learn more about some different books. My friend Gina Chen is also someone to follow. She's a strategist. She's a scholar. Um, she gives lots of commentary about social and society issues, and she's just brilliant. She actually has a dedicated Instagram account just for the books she's reading, and she gives some good hot takes. Um, she talks about the kind of um, social aspects of certain books and... Um, you know, whether they meet the cut or not. And she just had a reading in 2020 post I thought was pretty good. Um, her Instagram is, um, for her books, is called Book Trundlings. And that's at B-O-O-K-T-R-U-N-D-L-I-N-G-S. And she's Gina Chen, and she's just fantastic. I love her. She also has a podcast, um, and... The name of that is Yes, We Are Still Watching, and um, she's got some good things going on there, so check it out, but um, Book Trundlings is great for some good, you know, fiction and some good social reads, and just to learn and get, um, get some more awesome good books in your library. Actually, her podcast is called Yes, I'm Still Watching. Sorry, Gina. Um, there's tons of episodes all about television. So if you want to learn about TV and hear from Gina about that, um, you can listen to her podcast. Uh, my friend Jessica also helped me um, kind of figure out what I wanted to do with this episode. She is um, someone I went to school with, did study abroad with. She's wonderful. She is very like-minded with me and... Um, I trust her judgment with all things. Yeah. 
Um, she said she was recently reading the book Namesake by Jumpa Lahiri, and she's an Indian British woman. Um, I know we're talking about black history, um, but in honor of Kamala Harris, um, we can get some Indian books up in here. Um, Jumpa has also written a book of short stories called Interpreter of Maladies. Um, Namesake was made into a feature film, and Cal Penn is in it. And there's tons of great Indian authors out there. If you look, I think uh, most recently Rupi Kaur became super popular for her poetry. And I think because of Amanda Gorman um, and her amazing poem and her performance at the inauguration, poetry is going to be coming back in a big way. Uh, not that it hasn't been, but we don't really pay attention to poetry as much anymore since it's turned into song and musicals and what have you. So hopefully we'll see more of poetry and definitely of Amanda Gorman. So this and future episodes about book reports will be called Reading Rainbow. And that is in honor of the beloved children's show, Reading Rainbow, um, that lasted for 26 years. That's amazing. 26 years years started in the 80s and ended 26 years after that ha um it was hosted by lavar burton who is just a national treasure he's so wonderful and basically taught kids to love reading it wasn't about how to read it was about why we read and how it's amazing and helps us to explore and visit other worlds and learn about characters and other places and people and learn about ourselves. It was originally created to help kids learn more outside of the classroom, especially during the summer when they didn't have schoolwork to do and to encourage a love of reading. I have fond memories of reading Rainbow. Everyone knows the theme song. My boyfriend said it was super calming for him and LeVar Burton had a wonderful presence. Um, he was like your friend. He wasn't like a librarian. He was just a, a friend that introduced cool books to you and told you about them. Before LeVar was actually on Reading Rainbow, he was on the miniseries Roots. Um, that was on PBS as well. It is about a slave named Kuta Kinte who is sold and being well, he's sold after being abducted from his village, and it tells his story about being taken to the United States and, like, honestly, all the atrocities he has to endure and um, just everything up until um, a positive ending. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Um, I watched a little bit when I was younger, when it was, like, on a, as a rerun, but... Um, it was too sad and too, I guess, a little graphic, so our parents didn't let us watch it. I think it would be good to watch it again. There was a remaking of it, um, I think, in the last 10 years, um, but I heard that the old one is better. And there's also a Pioneers of Television episode on PBS about LeVar. Um, Roots is aired on the Sundance channel and will be on this weekend so you can check it out um, but yeah it's pretty cool he's always been a super awesome african-american icon LeVar later went on to be on 
Star Trek The Next Generation. He played Geordi LaForge, and he wore this um, kind of band over his eyes, and his character had an, like an optical disability. I don't know if it was a disability per se, but um, I always thought it was weird, and I didn't like that they did that to him when I was a child. I didn't really understand it, but watching it now, I think it made him a really cool character. It made him even more diverse than he was, and made him more diverse in the Star Trek family that's already pretty diverse. So, um, LeVar Burton is an amazing human. He is a treasure to many children everywhere. I know we talk about when we um, talk about PBS and public broadcasting. We remember Bob Ross. We, of course, remember Mr. Rogers. But uh, LeVar Burton should get a lot more credit. And hopefully he is. I know there was some big... uh, talks about revivals of Reading Rainbow. It just, it cost a lot to make that show. And unfortunately, there's so many other things that are more profitable than a show about a love for books. So maybe one day we'll have a new Reading Rainbow. But um, I think you can watch episodes on Amazon. Um, You can subscribe to PBS Kids. You can probably catch episodes on YouTube. I'll let you know if I find some elsewhere. With that, um, I just wanted to talk to you about um, a little bit of lifestyle stuff. I have um, taken one of my cousin Nicole's yoga classes um, since we last talked. It was really awesome. It was for sleep. So if you want to catch some of her virtual yoga classes, just go to at Zen Safari on Instagram. Um, It's at Z-E-N-S-A-F-A-R-I and message her to get on her list or you can message me. Um, As far as TV, we just rewatched all of Mandalorian season one and two and that was really fun and exciting. Frog Lady is a treasure. Grogu, of course, a treasure. Um, that show is just so fun, and they've done a great job with it. It's amazing. Speaking of space shows, I caught Resident Alien, the new sci-fi show with Alan Tudyk. He is an alien that lands in a snowy town in Colorado, and it's about him trying to be as human as possible while he's there and completing a mission. It's pretty good. Alan Tudyk looks like an alien anyway, so I feel like it's a good fit for him, and I am excited to see where it goes. I've been meditating a lot and resting and just trying to recover and be the best human I can be. I'll be looking for work soon, so hit me up if you want to give me a job. (laughs) Otherwise, if you need anything, if you need help um, finding COVID vaccine um, lists or areas, if you need help um, figuring out what book to read next, uh, you can use my recommendations or my friend's recommendations or just hit me up. If you just need to talk it out about something or want some meditation recommendations, reach out to me. You can email me at tryyourbestpod at gmail.com at tryyourbestpodcast on Instagram. And until then, 
just keep doing it. Just keep trying your best.